First of all, welcome to Pandemic Minutes, <laughs> our new podcast. Welcome back to Medic Minutes, the BCHS podcast for paramedics. In light of current events with the COVID pandemic, we will be increasing frequency of podcast releases to try and support paramedics through these clinical practice changes that are happening. Today is March 21st, 2020. I'm Gord Meineker, a primary care paramedic from Vancouver Island and UBC medical student. I'm Kayla Richardson, a respiratory therapist and UBC medical student. In today's episode, we're going to review the use of meter dose inhalers, or MDIs, as alternatives to nebulizers. We realize that this practice is new to many paramedics in the province, and we want to do our best to support you in this change. We'll discuss some of the trade-offs, differences, and how-tos of using meter dose inhalers over nebulizers. Due to the COVID pandemic, there's an ongoing effort across the healthcare realm to reduce the use of aerosol-generating medical procedures. This includes the use of nebulized medications. Effective as of March 22nd, clinical medical programs is saying no nebulizing of medication under any circumstances for any license levels. It's simply too high risk. Nebulizing medications is something that we've always recommended droplet precautions for, and in the context of COVID, the risk of aerosolizing viral particles into the air is just too high of a risk for the healthcare providers. The use of meter dose inhalers is considered a much safer alternative to administering medications like salbutamol and ipratropium bromide in the pre-hospital setting. Also effective as of March 22nd, 2020, um, clinical med- medical programs is saying exercise extreme caution when using CPAP and to do so only when absolutely necessary. We recognize that this too is uh, somewhat of an aerosol medical generating procedure and we're trying to reduce the use of those if at all possible. One final disclaimer before we get started, always check the BCHS handbook for your latest guidelines. This podcast is accurate as of March 22nd, 2020, and things are evolving very quickly. So when it comes to things like CPAP guidelines, BVM guidelines, uh, make sure to check the handbook. One of our paramedic practice educators from Vancouver, Ryan Ackerman, has also made an educational video on how to use meter dose inhalers, and we will post a link to this as soon as it's available in the show notes. Okay, so we're all used to nebulizing salbutamol. So I think we're familiar with uh, salbutamol or Ventolin as being this beta-2 agonist that bronchodilates the lungs, helps with asthma exacerbations, COPD exacerbations. So Kayla, what is a meter dose inhaler? Well, we can talk about the parts of the MDI. So you have the canister, which is the metal, you know, little canister that holds the medication along with a propellant in sort of a liquid mixture that um, preserves it. And then what you do is you um, take this canister and you put it inside this plastic holder, which is also called an actuator. And when you depress the canister um, into the actuator, it um, aerosolizes the medication out of the mouthpiece, out of the front. And so an MDI um, is a a way to deliver respiratory medications for people with uh, chronic or acute respiratory illnesses. And so the, the canister and the actuator together are what people commonly know as a puffer, hey? That's like your typical puffer is a canister inside of an actuator? Yes, that's right. 
So just to review, the indications for salbutamol through a metered dose inhaler are the same indications as salbutamol through the use of a nebulizer. Those include bronchospasm associated with asthma, bronchitis, or emphysema, as well as bronchospasm and wheezing secondary to other causes such as anaphylaxis. The only contraindications to this medication are obviously a hypersensitivity or a hemodynamically significant tachyarrhythmia. There is no maximum dose for a meter dose inhaler. We'll review the dosing in a, in a few minutes here. Uh, but as always, watch for signs of subutamol toxicity. So this would be uh, significant heart rates above 150 or 200 in pediatrics, if severe tremors develop or ventricular dysrhythmias develop. Kayla, walk us through this. We have a patient who's short of breath. We've opened the MDI canister. We've checked the expiry date. We've checked to see that it's the correct dosing, which is usually 100 micrograms per puff of a salbutamol MDI inhaler. We've made a note of how many doses are available in this canister. It'll say on the canister how many doses uh, or how many sprays you'll get out of one canister. Uh, where do we go from here? How do we prime this before we use it? So yeah, you put it in the actuator and you want to actuate it. So you want to spray four times. So yeah, once you've done that, you've primed um, and then you have to decide if you have a spacer or not. Kayla, what if we don't have a spacer available? We just have the puffer and this person's sitting in front of us quite short of breath. What do we do? The most important parts, if, if you can get the patient to exhale out um, as much as possible, um, and then depress the canister and then have them take a slow deep breath in for five seconds and then hold it for another five to 10 seconds if they can, and then exhale out of their nose if possible. That's kind of your best case scenario. So Kayla, the patient's going to seal their lips around the mouthpiece of the inhaler. They're going to exhale deeply. They're going to depress the inhaler as they take a deep, slow breath in over five seconds or so. And then they're going to hold their breath for hopefully five to 10 seconds, depending on their clinical status. How many times do we repeat this for a single treatment of salbutamol? Uh, four times, I think, is what uh, is recommended on the BCHS um, handbook. So we will repeat this four times for a total adult dose of 400 micrograms for a single salbutamol treatment. Yeah, ensuring there are 30 seconds in between um, canister depressions. They recommend waiting 30 seconds for the canister to repressurize to make sure that you get the same dose being sprayed out every time. That's really good to know. Mm -hmm. It's also really important to shake the canister between every actuation to make sure that a full dose is being delivered. The frequency of treatments of salbutamol in an asthma exacerbation will likely be determined by clinical status and a patient's response to medication. Guidelines simply say 400 micrograms as a single treatment repeated as needed with no maximum dose. For pediatric dosing, it is weight-based. So over 20 kilograms uh, should get 10 puffs of 100 micrograms for a total of 1,000 micrograms as a single treatment and repeat up to three doses. For children between 10 and 20 kilograms, they should get five 100 microgram doses for a total of 500 micrograms and repeat up to three times. For children under 10 kilograms, salbutamol is not indicated. For ipatropium bromide, if it's in your scope, uh, adults can get eight puffs of 20 micrograms for a total of 160 micrograms. And for pediatrics, it's not indicated. 
Kayla, how do we use a meter dose inhaler with a spacer device? Okay, so your spacer will have an adapter on the, we'll say the tail end on the back end. Um, and that's where the mouthpiece of the MDI um, sits in. And so it's like kind of, you know, rubbery texture, silicone, whatever it is. So it, it makes a seal when you put the mouthpiece into it. Uh, so airtight seal. And uh, on, so then you have your chamber. Um, which is just your open chamber. It's anti-static so that the medication doesn't stick to the sides of the walls. That's really important. Um, and then you have kind of your valve on the other end with your mouthpiece on the outside, kind of at your head end. So what you're going to do is you're going to do all those other steps. You're going to take the MDI out of the box, put it together with the canister and the actuator, um, you're going to uh, depress it four times to prime it. You're going to give it a good shake and wait 30 seconds. And then you're going to put the mouthpiece into the adapter. Then you're going to have the patient take the cap off the spacer. Uh, there is a cap, so make sure you move that. Um, and so they seal their lips around the mouthpiece of the spacer. And then you should be all set up. Uh, the patient's going to put their lips around that mouthpiece and tilt their chin up a little bit if they can. And they want to exhale fully through their nose. Um, or they can exhale and then put their lips on the mouthpiece, but that's a bit more coordination. So they can exhale through their nose. You depress the canister. And then they can take their slow, deep breath in for five seconds and hold before exhaling out of their nose. So I would get the patient completely ready, let them know. I'd have it, let them hold the chamber, put to their lips, and then you depress it, and then they take a breath in. I would kind of just have everything ready to go. Awesome. And then I guess the last thing to consider is that if your patient's not able to fully comply with these instructions or they're taking very small tidal volumes, it might be reasonable to actually have them take a few inhalations of that same single puff in the chamber. Um, there is some evidence for that, but typically with good compliance, a single deep breath in and holding it is sufficient. Um, and then we'll again, re if we're using a spacer, we'll repeat this process four times. Yes. Yeah. So you might want to give the patient like a minute to kind of, cause you really want to encourage them to try to exhale, to take a, a slow, deep breath in and hold it. And then exhale, and they're going to probably feel like, oh, that was a lot. So just give them a minute to kind of recoup. And mm. if you get them to kind of buy in, that will really help. Mm -hmm. And it'll give you your 30 seconds for the canister to recharge before you depress it again, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. And one last thing I wanted to mention as well, those uh, chambers have a whistle on them. And the whistle means it's working, right, Kara? <laughs> That's not what they mean. The whistle, you would think that the whistle would mean it is working. No. It's not. It's not that is not intuitive at all. <laughs> yes, it is. It's like a it's alarm. An angry whistle? It's like an alarm. Warning, warning. <laughs> Too fast. <laughs> no, they sound like a harmonica. It's something patients aim for. Don't aim for that. So let's talk a little bit about the differences between, like we're so familiar with the nebulizers. Um, I just want to talk for a minute about the differences between the nebulizers and the MDIs. Like why have we not always been using the MDIs all along? 
A lot of using the MDI is technique dependent. So from the studies I've seen and from what I remember, an MDI and a nebulizer can be equivalent um, depending on what study you look at and the technique used. But I think the MDI just varies so much depending on how the person is actually using it. Um, Whereas a nebulizer, right, you just strap it to their face and they just breathe um, normally. A quick reminder that both the CPAP devices we use as well as our BVMs do have MDI ports on them. The same principle applies here. You want to try and time the dosing of an actuation of salbutamol to the patient's inhalation, if at all possible. I'll refer you to Ryan Ackerman's uh, educational video on the details of that. And as always, make sure to check your clinical practice guidelines for the latest updates and best practices a reminder that meter dose inhalers have many doses in the canister, anywhere from 60 to 200 actuations. You'll have to check the box to know exactly how many are in the device that you're using. For this reason, um, healthcare facilities are asking that we keep the meter dose inhaler on patients as we bring them into hospital so that they can continue using that same canister for that patient. This has been another episode of Medic Minutes. Thank you for tuning in. We will do our best to release episodes on an ongoing basis moving forward. If you have any questions for clinical practice, you can email clinicalpractice at bcehs.ca. If you have any questions or comments related to this podcast, you can email podcast at bcehs.ca. Thanks for tuning in and stay safe out there. Where do I point it when I'm priming? (laughs) Right in your eyes, Corey. Just kidding. Don't do that. Do not. Stop.